listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson, and today we're going to be talking about AI and content creation, how there are new tools out there that are helping sales reps cut down the amount of time it takes for them to find the right content, organize it, put it into a pitch that is going to be both compelling and move a sales cycle forward. In order to do that, we have with us Arun Lal, co-founder and CEO at Contique, a new startup out of the Bay Area, which is bringing to market a product that is going to help draft drastically reduce the amount of time it takes for sales reps to create content. And so let's begin by welcoming Arun to the show today. Thank you very much for taking the time. It's great to have you on. Great to be here. Excellent. So we always start with a kind of off-the-wall question, uh, just so our audience can get to know you a little bit better. Um, would love to hear about kind of a defining moment in your career, something that happened that uh, you took lessons away from and, and maybe go back to over and over, something that was really impressionable. Mm. Sure. So, uh, yeah, Chad, one experience that comes to mind is, uh, you know, I was at VMware. I led product marketing for the uh, vCloud suite or the software-defined data center. And uh, we were in a meeting with the CIO of British Telecom and pitching him on uh, consolidating all uh, his data, all the data centers they had uh, into a very new modern data center that was uh, built on uh, VMware's latest technology, uh, which is the software-defined data center. So uh, we were at the VMware briefing center, and there was a group of about 15 people from British Telecom, including the CIO, in the room. Uh, the AE, the account exec, was there. I was there. And uh, very interestingly, the, the CIO of British Telecom asks, hey, I, and by the way, just to set some context, uh, there was about two weeks before the quarter was about to close, uh, about $7 million deal uh, was on, on the line. Wow. And uh, it was December 15th. And uh, we were in the last stages and everybody was getting excited to close the deal. <laughs> And uh, here comes uh, the the CIO is there and he asks, hey, guys, I love what you guys are doing uh, with we've always loved VMware products. We uh, and we love your vision for the software defined data center. But can you give me some reference architectures from deployments that you might have done uh, in Europe in uh, other telecom companies? Um, And then he asks another question. you know, the software-defined data center is so modern and such a new technology. Can you give me some best practices for my organization on the kind of reskilling I need to do uh, to, you know, to get the most impact and benefit of, out of this new architecture? And the third question he asked was, you know, I went to Microsoft a few days ago and I heard, I heard a very similar pitch. And uh, can you give me some benchmarks? on, uh, you know, if a similar stack was developed on a VMware stack versus a Microsoft stack and what the key metrics would look like across these stacks, what those benchmarks would be. Um, So he asked all these three tricky questions and I was looking at the sales guy and the sales guy was looking at me and (laughs) as soon as the meeting ended, 
he asked, hey, do you have this information? I said, no. And I asked uh, uh, the, the sales guy, do you have some of this information? I, he said, no. And uh, essentially all hell broke loose after the meeting because uh, we started to scramble to get all the information needed uh, to, uh, to answer these questions. And Given it was December 15th, half the people were on vacation. We tried reaching out to the professional services guy in EMEA and asking if he had some deployments uh, and some details around deployments. Um, but at the end of the day, what happened at the end of the quarter was uh, we lost the deal. Oof, ouch. And, and that got me to a very pivotal point uh, in my career and sort of a defining moment. And that moment was, I felt like, you know, VMware uh, is a company that's trying to grow from many billions of dollars to the next billion of dollar, billions of dollars. And the most important function of a company is to create revenue. Yet all the salespeople have such a hard time getting to the information that they need to go and close deals and uh, need the information needs of their customers. Um, and I was all I was started wondering why are the enterprise salespeople who are at the tip of the spear for you know the strategy of a company why are they so unsupported? And that pivotal moment uh, kind of led to the birth of Contique, uh, the startup I'm working on, um, is how can we enable the salesperson to deliver highly personalized, highly uh, tailored um, presentations and pitches to their customers and get the information needs that they have uh, to meet the needs of their client met in, in the most efficient and automated way. So that was kind of the birth of Contique, and that was a pretty important a moment in my career, which led me to start the company with my co-founder, who also who I also met at VMware. So that's one story. <laughs> Excellent. And so, the, I mean, that there's a lot there, right? I mean, there's, there's yeah. the whole content curation part. But I also know you recently gave a talk at Sales 3.0 entitled "Pitch Perfect," and it deals with AI in this. So, can yeah. you help me understand where the where the AI interest came from and how you started to layer that in? Yeah, absolutely. So fundamentally, I am proud to admit I am a geek. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been absolutely fascinated with AI computer programming since as a as a teenager, and um, I've been reading more and more literature about AI. And I got super fascinated with AI in the last about five to six years when. Uh, the breakthroughs with uh, deep learning and uh, came about. So things like TensorFlow, uh, I think TensorFlow came out a little bit later, but uh, the programming language R came into being in a more dramatic way. The computers got to a point that, where they were fast enough to do a lot of the processing. Um, and um, and I, I've always been taking classes in AI on Coursera or um, any of the other online courses. And uh, I took a course with the University of Washington, my alma mater, uh, on AI. And uh, over a period of about six weeks, I was able to write a simple uh, program that was doing uh, text classification. So what the program did was uh, it could identify if a speech uh, was delivered uh, by one of the, uh, you know, about about 10 precedents. 
so essentially the program was you would give it a speech and it would try and uh, decide which president gave that speech without uh, knowing which um, president uh, wrote that speech to begin with. So is it processing so, audio or is it processing just the text? Just text. We okay. started with text. Okay. So I was able to do that. Got very fascinated with text classification and um, uh, and and concept search. Uh, wrote a simple algorithm where you can search for a concept, let's say, competitive differentiation and uh, or value proposition. And and then I went back to my experience at VMware, where we have having such a hard time, you know, finding the right content that we needed. Uh, the idea that we came up with was, what if we pooled all the content that existed in the enterprise and got people to connect their silos of content? And if you could run concept search on top of all that content, then you could very precisely and quickly locate um, the content that you need. For example, best practices for um, the software-defined data center um, deployments, stuff like that. And and so okay so this is a this is a very uh, focused application of uh, AI but AI yep. is a huge topic right a lot of salespeople yes. yes. out there um, I mean let's just put it bluntly a lot of them freak out because they right. don't really understand what it is or yep. you know you go from everything from hey AI is going to replace me uh, uh-huh. to how do I leverage it you know those that like in this instance how do I leverage it to make my job easier or to help an organization be more efficient. Uh, I'm kind of yeah. curious. I would love your take on, you know, AI in sales. Like, what w- what's your kind of view on it, and should some of these enterprise reps be freaking out or not? Yeah. So I think there's absolutely no um, no credence to being alarmed with AI at all. In fact, the state of AI, in spite of all the hoopla, AI is uh, pretty. Um, bad at solving generic problems that most salespeople uh, have. And um, AI is very good at solving problems with a large data set of outcomes and learning very narrowly uh, for a specific use case or a specific problem, providing very good, um, good sort of results or outcomes when the use cases are very narrow or the decision points are very narrow. But... Uh, AI is not good at general common sense or uh, general intelligence, and there are no algorithms out there that kind of support that. So essentially, um, AI, the way I see it, is great for augmenting intelligence of salespeople in tasks uh, which are fairly narrow. But I mean, given what salespeople do, which is so broad and complex and um, such, so much of it is relationship-based, um, I think the AI is far from it. In fact, every sales enterprise salesperson or even salespeople should embrace AI and start using them for the narrow tasks uh, where uh, lots of data exists and they can uh, use AI to get to a smaller set of uh, possibilities uh, which are more applicable to the problem they might be solving. Even if you've been in sales for decades, new technology, new buyers, and new dynamics create challenges your team may not be ready for. Value Prime Solutions enables you to focus on sales, on the prospects and customers, not the noise. And the sales framework you implement with them is simple, scalable, and proven. Check out valueprimesolutions.com and ask how they can help you beat your target. 
So there's three three general classifications of AI: machine learning, uh, deep learning, and, and neural networks. And so, yeah. can you give, uh, considering that our, our audience is typically you know revenue execs, CMOs, uh, VPs, sure. sales, and stuff like that, can you give us kind of a quick summary that that my small brain will remember? <laughs> sure. Yeah, these tend to be uh, these summaries tend to be very helpful at cocktail parties and dinner parties, <laughs> what have you. So uh, the first one is AI. AI simply, um, you know, a machine or essentially a machine or a computer replicating what human intelligence uh, can do. And we're really talking about rational human intelligence. So that's that's the simple definition for artificial intelligence, basically replicating what human intelligence can do. Um, and then there's machine learning. Machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. And uh, what it's essentially trying to do is that given a large um, pool of results or outcomes um, and a large set of inputs that led to those outcomes, uh, machine learning is simply a way of uh, fairly predictively getting from those inputs uh, to those outcomes. Essentially, the program is, or the machine is learning to predict the outcomes, learning from a large pool of um, inputs and outcomes. Okay. I hope that's clear. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then deep learning is simply uh, a model or a machine that mimics how human intelligence works or the human brain works. Um, essentially, Humans have lots of neurons, and uh, the layers of neurons work together to remember things and learn things. And uh, that same thing being replicated by a computer is what deep learning is at a very high level. Okay, and neural networks? Uh, oh, yeah. Neural networks are essentially uh, a subset uh, or a technique uh, of for deep learning. And essentially, it's a representation of the human brain. Uh, based on the neurons that we have in our brains. Uh, neural networks are essentially uh, the programmatic or computer's way of mimicking what the brain does. Okay, excellent. And so yep. we, we talked a little bit about you know where AI is today and you think it should be embraced. I'm curious, what do you see in the next five years? Is there, you know, everybody's hearing about, you know, Elon Musk and, and Bill Gates yeah. and they're talking about the end of the world and all this stuff. And it seems a little over the top to me, but I'm just kind of curious from a, from a general AI standpoint and more specifically from a sales standpoint, where do you see it going in the next five years? Yeah. So in the next four, uh, five years or so, I would say, well, first of all, five years is very, pretty hard to predict. So uh, really, I think what we have visibility into is what AI is good at in 2017. And uh, I can make some estimates about 2018. That's as far as we can go, because this technology is rapidly evolving. So uh, I think the future beyond that seems uh, pretty uh, I mean, the probability or the variability is pretty high. So uh, for 2017, you know, generally speaking, AI is good at four broad categories. The first broad category is uh, natural language processing and text classification. So things like uh, Siri, even Google search are good examples of natural language processing and text classification and machine learning all combined. 
Um, the second area is uh, perception. So uh, I think um, AI and machine learning is getting very good at, uh, you know, like driving and perceiving um, objects, um, just things like computer vision uh, and perception of objects is improving constantly. So that's a big area where AI is uh, showing a lot of promise. The third big area is around robotics. Um, you know, the work that's being done at Boston Dynamics is showing that AI is getting pretty good at doing simple uh, tasks uh, with which involves some manual labor. Um, and then uh, finally, I think decision, uh, decision making as well as uh, game playing is in a broad area where AI is showing good promise. Um, but coming back to what how all this matters for sales, I think uh, AI for sales is going to be most uh, effective at areas where there's large pools of content, um, which become the basis for a machine to learn on. Uh, for example, you know which which set of customers become the most high-paying customers, or which set of customers uh, are most likely to churn. But you need to provide the machine with a lot of data about inputs uh, or the facets that go into figuring out, um, you know, what are the attributes of a customer uh, for that determine a certain outcome. So, so where large pools of data are available, um, and the problems are fairly narrow in the context of those four categories I talked about. That's where we can see AI for sales uh, really picking up in 2018 for sure. Okay, and we talked a little bit about how you know the idea for Contique came around. Um, I'm curious, can you give us a little bit more understanding of how you're marrying those two things, right? The the, the content and the data and the AI. Yeah. What help help our audience understand the you know the the breadth of the problem. I mean, I think anybody who works in an enterprise understands you, you really can't find anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but how are you combining that into a solution? Uh, give us a little sure. bit more detail on that. Yeah, sure. We'd love to. So what we noticed was that uh, there are about 35 million B2B salespeople out there in the world. And uh, we'd done some good research and we found that based on the complexity of the deal, they spend anywhere from uh, three hours to seven hours. Uh, and by the way, this uh, seminar goes to be many, many, much, much higher if the deal complexity or the deal size is much larger. So that's the amount of time they take to create a pitch or put together all the information required for a very tailored or personalized pitch. And on an average, they're going through at least seven systems or um, to, to collect all this information. This uh, information can be in CRM systems, it can be in uh, sales enablement systems, learning management systems, um, it can be in, um, you know, t uh, it, in people's heads, so you talk to content creators <laughs> to, to get the right information, and that's a lot of manual searching around or uh, a processing that a salesperson has to do just to get the right information to create a compelling pitch for their customer. And then once, let's say you get all this information, that takes a long time to go and edit and refactor this information into a pitch deck and get the getting all the fonts right, getting all the um, you know the pictures to size correctly. There's a lot of like time wasted by a salesperson in uh, frankly non-productive tasks like editing and theming uh, to to make the 
the picture, the presentation look like, right? And the third big problem uh, we're looking at is, you know, the, the biggest insights about what works with a customer are, are they become tribal knowledge in most companies. Essentially, that knowledge is not easily available. The content that's won the most is also tribal knowledge to a large extent. Um, so essentially, these are the three problems that most salespeople face uh, while creating pitches, and that's where a lot of the three to seven hours goes. And what we're trying to do with Contique is take the process of creating a pitch down to 30 minutes uh, from three hours, and then eventually to 30 seconds. Whoa. And, 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 and at the same quality that salespeople are used to, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the content is available, all the content that they need is recommended to them or suggested to them. Um, and the way we do it is in this way, that going back to the idea that if we could pool all the content that exists in an enterprise and um, basically we put what we, we create what we call the enterprise content lake. The enterprise content lake is essentially where uh, all the silos of relevant sales and marketing content can be pooled. Um, and then we run concept search or AI-based concept search on top of that. So a discovery of precise slides, precise sentences is very easily uh, available. The second thing uh, we do is we've created essentially a simple uh, editor, a lot like PowerPoint. And, you know, it's the 15% of PowerPoint that salespeople use. <laughs> uh, we've, we've made it even easier uh, so they, they can, t uh, you know, get the right slides together. They can theme them. There's one-click logo changes, one-click uh, theming changes. And the third thing we've done with Contique is uh, – we also enable the salesperson to present through Contique, and they can capture insights like how much time was spent on a slide. Um, uh, by the way, every pitch is connected to a Salesforce opportunity or any, any whichever CRM system you use. Uh, so we also track whether the pitch was part, actually won or was part of a winning, uh, uh, winning opportunity or not. And all this information, all these insights are basically fed back into the enterprise content lake. Um, and the and essentially what we're doing is we're rescoring the enterprise content lake based on the performance of the content. So what happens that we're learning from each pitch, we're learning what content is performing the best, and your most effective content keeps bubbling to the top. Um, so uh, as a result, you can now create pitches in uh, 30 seconds or 30 minutes to 30 seconds based on how complex the deal is. And uh, your win rates improve because you're now using uh, the most effective content, which is getting presented uh, in your entire company and learning from it. Well, and that, I mean, that's a huge savings. I mean, I, I can speak from my own experience. When we would do complex B2B pitches, I mean, yeah. seven hours seems kind of light for some of the time that we would put in. And granted, on my sales team, I was kind of known because I actually knew how to use PowerPoint or Keynote or whichever one it was. But the vast majority of salespeople, I mean, you hear marketing complain about it all the time. You don't want salespeople 
putting together those presentations because they never are, you know, thematically consistent throughout. You will have fonts that are screwed up. To be able to, to really see what works from your top performers and what pitches to have that data yes. analytics, that's a that's a powerful return, especially if you can also do it while reducing the amount of time it takes to put them together. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, marketing plays a key role in this whole sort of ecosystem by making sure that the content that they're creating is uh, available in the content lake. But uh, what essentially wins in an enterprise uh, is, is, is the most effective content. And that being making that content available as a learning tool for other salespeople is a pretty powerful uh, way of improving the outcomes for the entire company. Nice. So and so the company as a whole. I mean, you guys were in stealth mode for a while, obviously, since we're talking yep. publicly. You're not, you're not now, but yeah. Uh, kind of where yep. where are you guys on the on the growth path, and, and what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? Yeah, we uh, just launched a beta, so you can go try it out. And uh, most of the discovery capabilities for Contique are out now. Um, and uh, we are expecting to have a lot of the editing and theming, as well as the insights capabilities available in uh, Nove in the November, late November timeframe, right after Thanksgiving. So um, salespeople will be able to take it for a test drive, create pitches, and hopefully in 30, 30 seconds in some cases, but um, definitely in 30 minutes or so, which are highly personalized and tailored and, um, and have the insights from um, other salespeople within their company and see what's winning and what's not winning. So that's kind of where we are. So uh, we're going to go from beta to full production in uh, early next year, sometime in January. And uh, the biggest challenge has been um, uh, just, you know, I guess people are a little bit reluctant uh, to <laughs> try something new. Um, and they're a little skeptical and they have the prove it kind of mentality and we totally embrace it. And uh, bringing out anything that's innovative and new has its own challenges. That's I would say that's the biggest challenge is, you know, getting people to look at things uh, slightly differently and proving to them that it really works. And so for my own edification, if I were to go do that beta, where does it start to pull content from? My, does it just use my machine in the beta? Uh, you can uh, upload content from your machine, from uh, Google Drive and Dropbox. So you just need to enter your credentials and all your content is synced. And then you can search across Google Drive and Dropbox. You can see the visual, capa visual search capabilities. You can see the AI-based concept search capabilities. Um, and then we're adding new uh, content repositories such as Box and OneDrive um, and SharePoint uh, in the next few months. And so um, I, I know this is a little off, off track, but what, so I'm because I'm, I'm deeply curious about this because I spend way too much time doing presentations. Um, yeah. So in that instance, okay, I'm providing, I'm an individual, I'm a rep, I'm providing access to all of my content. Uh, so I guess it's maybe, maybe it's more like a data pond instead of yep. a lake at that point. But um, <laughs> for for rolling it out to an enterprise, how long, like how long would it take the system? You guys, I, I guess you guys would set up a yep. data lake, point everything at that, and then tell everybody to dump their content into it. Because you know, sales reps are all carrying around you know multiple <laughs> versions of decks and stuff. How long would right. that type of are you guys estimating that type of implementation would take? 
Well, what we're noticing, so all our implementation is actually up and running in less than 30 minutes. It's really the time it takes for the content to sync uh, is the time we need. We've uh, synced a pool of about 100,000 decks in less than a day. Uh, but really, the I mean, really, you need a couple of hooks, right? One is you need a hook to the company content repository. That that really takes a few minutes if you have the right credentials. Then that's all you need, and then you need a hook to the Salesforce um, system. Uh, individual reps can do them, uh, or the the company admin can do it for them. But really, setup and deployment is less than five minutes. Uh, the data sync can take a while based on how much content you have. Um, but yeah, we're, we just deployed for a customer called vArmor, a team of about 60 salespeople, and they were up and running in less than a day with all their content synced. They were using Contig to prepare their pitches, um, and um, the head of sales enablement is already reporting that 80% uh, of time in discovering the right content is is disappeared. Uh, they've really, in fact, they've taken their discovery time down from thirty, uh, from about three hours on an average to uh, less than twenty minutes right now. So that's, that's Randy. A big savings, nicely mm -hmm. done. Huge saving. Yeah, nicely done. Excellent. All right, so let's change direction here a little bit. Um, sure. We ask all of our guests kind of the two, two standard questions towards the end of each interview. Now, you as a co-founder and CEO of a of a funded startup, that makes you, uh, it, it, the politically correct term is a prospect. I like to just call mm -hmm. it like I see it. That makes you a target for other sure. salespeople who want to uh, get in front of you. And I'm curious, from your perspective, what's the best way for somebody to capture your attention, build credibility uh, with you that you've never met before? Mm. Great question. Um, I think I absolutely appreciate somebody who has done a little bit of research about uh, the company um, and about me to know, um, at least have a pretty good hypothesis on what things like what I care about. Um, just that level of preparation and uh, creating a vision for how they can uh, potentially add value to my business or, um, you know, whatever aspect of my life they might be targeting. If they can show a vision around that and it seems like they've done their homework and they're not pushy and uh, <laughs> that, that, that would definitely get my attention. Okay. And so la and last yeah. question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing, one piece of advice or insight you could give to sales, marketing, consultants, one piece of advice that you believe would help them hit their targets or be more successful, what would it be and why? So I'll give an example. I, I mean, I pitch to VCs a lot. And <laughs> uh, one thing I've noticed that seems to work really well is just what I talked about, doing a lot of preparation um, and building a f as complete as a picture of uh, of the person as you can. So I fundamentally believe that all selling is person to person. So um, one thing I've started to do is beyond the LinkedIn and looking at their website and looking at their uh, Twitter posts or blog posts, I also started going, uh, starting to go to their like uh, 
essentially to their Facebook page or not, not in a creepy way, but just to get a better <laughs> understanding of, you know, what are they all about? Like, what do they really care about as a person? And, and then even talking to some common connections and trying to better understand what they care about. And um, not in the first meeting, but uh, one thing that seems to work really well is um, taking a very thoughtful gift, not in the first meeting, but maybe as the conversation keeps progressing, that, uh, that's very tailored and personalized to their interests. Um, that seems to do, do quite a bit of magic. In fact, uh, one of our prospects, uh, you know, not prospect, one of our VCs who's, uh, who, who did invest in us, um, he had a huge passion for books and learning. And based on some of the talking and some discovery conversations we had, I discovered that he had a passion for AI and, uh, and machine learning. And uh, there's this book called the... Uh, I think it's called the big Al- the big algorithm or the mega algorithm. I'll try and dig it up. Um, but this was this foundational book about how AI and machine learning is going to impact business in the next 20 years in a big way. And I gifted him that, and he, he was absolutely thrilled to get it. And he read he he told me he read it within a week or two, and uh, he wanted to discuss the findings and just discuss like how I viewed uh, the impact of AI and technology, AI technology on, on business overall. So so those are a few suggestions. That's perfect. I mean, the, the personalization, the making sure that they know you're paying attention to them and trying to see the world through their eyes, it's extremely yeah. powerful. It doesn't take, at least in my experience, it doesn't take a huge amount of time. It just takes some focus. I see yep. a lot of people struggle with that. So I think that's some great advice. So thank you, Arun. I can't thank you enough for cool. being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or talk more about the topics that we've touched on, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, just email me, arun at contique.com. Excellent. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode. Please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with your friends, families, coworkers. Uh, if you like what you hear, please write a review on iTunes. We do use that input to determine who we bring on the show. And until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.